0: Today we're going to start a, uh, I told y'all at one point that I really don't do a whole lot of sermon series, and I don't, but this is going to be one of them. We're going to start a series, I don't know, we may probably cover about three or four weeks, and we're going to be talking about primarily the idea of the kingdom of God. I may have spoken on this before, I don't know, I really can't remember if I have or not, but it's, it's 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 territory worth covering. It's one of the most, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the most important topics that we can be talking about. As Christians, as followers of Christ, as disciples of Jesus Christ, is understanding and applying what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is one of the most, is the most, the most valuable asset that we have. The most valuable thing that we have in our daily lives and as our lives as Christians. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about the kingdom of God. If you'll read the Gospels, you'll check out. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to find out that Jesus spent probably a majority of his time preaching about the kingdom of God, teaching about the kingdom of God. Over the next few weeks, we're going to read some of these stories where Jesus utilizes this, where he preaches this message, he teaches this message. Oftentimes he uses parables to teach about this message, this idea. What is this? What is the kingdom of God exactly? How do we embrace it? What did Jesus teach that it was? Why does it matter? Why does it matter at all? It matters a lot. And in where we are in today's society, I would say it's probably as Christians, it's probably the most important thing that we can understand. And it's probably the most important thing that we can apply to our daily lives. Throughout the Gospels, as I said a minute ago, you're going to find numerous stories that give us these ideas, these firm understandings of what the kingdom of God is and what and, and, and how God was bringing it to fruition through His Son, Jesus Christ. Each story is a treasure in and of itself. Each story is a treasure in and of itself because it shares eternal truths with us. It shares these eternal truths about exactly what we are invited to participate in as those who claim Christ as Saviour. What are we invited? This, this is it. Remember I told you guys one time the Bible has a whole heck of a lot more to say about how we live on earth than it does what happens after we die? That's what the kingdom of God is all about. How do we live in the kingdom of God in the here and now? How do we live in that thing that we, that we pray about every time we say the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not on heaven as it is in heaven, but where? On earth as it is in heaven. How do we embrace that? How do we live that out? So that's what we're going to be talking about into the ne- and over the next, I don't know, three or four weeks. We're going to dig into some, to some scriptures, predominantly from the Gospels, to understand these ideas that we can embrace ourselves and these ideas that we can share with the world around us. As I mentioned a second ago, this is probably the most valuable thing that we can own as Christians. It's amazing what we will do with things or when we have things or to earn things or to get things and to share things when we believe that they have great worth. We'll work really hard to build up our bank accounts. We'll save for years and years and years to buy a beautiful automobile. Men, we'll save up years and years and years to buy that perfect, or (laughs) maybe not years, but quite a lot of money to purchase an engagement ring. If we think something is valuable, what I'm getting at, if we think something is valuable, we'll do just about anything to get it. In our culture, in a world and culture where we mostly value things about how by, how much they cost, today what we're going to do is we're going to look into the Bible and find a story that causes us to rethink what is really valuable, what is really worth our time and our energy, and our sacrifice. The first one we're going to talk about is a parable or a story out of the Gospel of Matthew. And in this story, Jesus is talking to a large group of people. He's teaching about, again, the kingdom of God. This this, this place, this movement where God has full authority, full reign, full power. It was, at the time, a reality that was becoming more and more obvious as Jesus Christ landed on the scene. Jesus uses some pretty powerful imagery in this first uh, in this first verse. We're actually going to read the Matthew verse first, Matthew thirteen verse forty four. And again, it's just one little verse in the Bible, but it carries with it so much power, so much imagery. Matthew thirteen verse forty four reads this: Jesus tells the crowd, he says, "The kingdom of heaven is like." Treasure hidden in a field. I want y'all to I want y'all to uh, take this story in. It's just like two sentences. Take this story in. Imagine what um, imagine yourself inside of this story as Jesus is telling us. Picture picture what's going on. Picture this man that you're about to be told about. Picture this field that you're about to be told about. Picture this this treasure that you're about to be told about, and picture the man doing, completing these actions that you're about to be told about as as I read this. Maybe, Maybe even pretend you are that man. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is like a treasure that is hidden in a field. When a man found it, okay, when a man found the treasure, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything that he had and he bought that field. Everybody got a picture of what's going on in this story here? Short story, really short story. Guy finds a treasure in a field. I don't, I don't know if he dug it up or whatever. Nonetheless, he finds it, puts it back in the ground, goes and sells everything he has, comes back and buys the land so that he could have all of it. Evidently, he thought whatever he found was pretty, pretty doggone valuable. We don't know how long that treasure had been there in the story that Jesus tells. We don't know how it got there. We don't know how the man found it. All we're told is that the discovery that he had, the discovery, his discovery, was so exciting that he hides it again. He sells everything that he has. Then he comes back and he buys that field where the treasure is. And the man in this story, what Jesus is getting at, the man in this story believed what he found was so valuable that he was willing to give up everything that he had to get it. Did y'all catch that? Jesus says that's what the kingdom of God is like. When this guy found this treasure, he thought that it was so valuable that he was willing to give up everything, everything that he owned to get it, to receive it. God says, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God is like this treasure. Because Christ believes that living in connection with God, living under God, living under his reign, under his rule, is worth any kind of sacrifice that it may cost. It's worth anything. There's several places throughout Scripture where Jesus teaches us that living the Christian life, embracing the kingdom of God, is probably going to cost us something. It might cost us our relationships. Christ talks about it about us costing our families. As a matter of fact, it may cost us social status. It may it may it may cost us uh, status in our workplace. It may mean that we have to give up some worldly pleasures. It may mean that we have to give up some selfishness. It may mean that we have to give up some prosperity. It may even mean that we have to give up some personal freedom. Nonetheless, Jesus wants us to see today this one little scripture. What is that? That's two sentences. Two sentences. Jesus wants us to see that it's worth it. It's worth it. No matter what it might cost us to follow God, It's worth it. The reality is that a lot of things we often chase after in this world, in our lives, what do we get at most? What's the average lifespan now in the United States? About 80, 78, somewhere in that area. There's a lot of things that we're going to chase after between, what, 16 and 80, 16 and 78, if we're fortunate enough to live that long, that we think are valuable. That we think are gonna mean something and in the end we find out that they are not. We touched on this a little bit last week. Take a moment, church, take a moment to think about where you spend the majority of your time. Not just the majority of your time, where do you spend the majority of time in your head? What do you think about the most? What are you drawn to the most? Now let's go to time. Where do you spend the majority of your what do you spend the majority of your time doing? Where do you spend the majority of time? What do you again, what are you thinking about? What drives you? What value? What 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 holds most value to you in your mind, in your heart? How does that work out in your daily life, in the way that you act, in the way that you move? What is your treasure? What is your treasure? What motivates you? Unfortunately for us, for many, even Christians, I would say probably even the majority of Christians, it's worldly stuff. It's not the kingdom treasure that Jesus is talking about here. The thing that he says is worth so much that we should be willing to sacrifice anything at all to receive it and to live it out. So what occupies your time? What occupies your energy? What occupies your attention most often? Do your efforts go towards those things most of the time? I'm talking about the stuff that's most meaningful to you. Do your efforts most of the time go towards things that are temporary, or do your efforts that you attend to most of the time go towards those things which are eternal, such as the kingdom of God? One good way that we can tell if we're investing, if you will, in something that is kingdom oriented is to ask ourselves what happens to these things, what happens to these areas where we spend the majority of our time after we're no longer here? Are these things that are most, these things that we do, if they're they're physical or if they're ideas, what happens to them after we die? Are they still moving on? Are they still existing? Or do they die with us? Do they go to the grave with us? Popularity will fade, folks. Social status will fade. Bank accounts will be spent up. Your houses will all rot. Your cars will all rust. These are all temporal things. Yet we spend so much of our time, so much of our motivations, and so much of our energy into this instead of putting it into the kingdom of God, which Christ says is worth, worth more than any treasure we can possibly imagine. Another story. On the other hand, let me, on the other hand, When it comes to the eternal, what about investing in the lives of people? That'll go on for a while. Investing in the lives of people is something that is is eternal. Making a difference in somebody's soul is something that is eternal. It lasts forever. Investing in the love of God, deepening our relationships with one another and with Him, those things are to last for eternity. Investing in character, investing in integrity, will pay dividends, if you will, now and throughout eternity. So another story that we find in the Gospels is one that we're probably all familiar with. It's about a rich guy who comes to Jesus and he asks him an important question, or at least it's a question that's very important to him. This guy wants to know how he can have eternal life. He's looking for that treasure. He's looking for that treasure that we call the kingdom of God. And he wants to figure out how he can discover that for himself. You find this story in the Gospel of Mark. This is our Mark scripture, Mark 10, 17 through 22. And again, I'm sure you've most of y'all have heard this story, bare minimum of one time, prob- probably dozens of times. But again, I'm going to ask you again to um, to look at it through with through fresh eyes. Read these words through Through fresh eyes, fresh ears, and again, place yourself inside of that story. So, verse 17, Jesus started on his way. A man ran up to him. He fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. And this is what Jesus tells the guy He says, You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, the man declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him with love, looked at him, and he loved him. One thing you lack, Jesus told the man, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have, what? You don't have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He was he went away sad because he had great wealth. So when the guy asked Christ about eternal life and how do I how do I participate in God's kingdom? How do I have eternal eternity in the kingdom of God? He, he Jesus answers him by telling him some of the pretty some of the obvious stuff. Stuff he would have already known. He quotes to him the Ten Commandments. The man tells Jesus, he says, Well, I've lived by all these my entire life. I've been I've been good. I've been devoted to God. I've followed all the, all the commandments. Well, Jesus goes on, and he touches a very sore spot with the guy. Much like I suspect he probably touches a very sore spot with a lot of us sometimes. Ah, oh, yes, he tells him, as he recognizes the man's weakness. He loves his stuff more than he loves God. That's his stumbling block. That's his, his Achilles' heel. He loves his stuff more than he loves God. And that's not an opinion. This is revealed. This is revealed when Jesus tells the man to go and sell everything that he has to follow him. He can't do it. He can't do it. He walks away sad, but he absolutely cannot do it. Once again, I'm asking you to notice a couple things here. First following Jesus, entering the kingdom of God, experiencing the kingdom of God, walking in the kingdom of God again is costly it's going to cost us something, there is a sacrificial element to living under God's kingdom and unfortunately some if not most are just simply unwilling to do unwilling to give up for this man the treasure of this earth was, earth was worth more to him than the treasure of heaven Treasure of earth for the man in this story is worth more to him than the treasure of heaven. Secondly, notice that Christ does not negotiate with this guy. Jesus was sad, but he doesn't negotiate with him, he doesn't lower his, lower his own standards. He knew very well, Christ knew very well what was stopping this man, what was preventing this man from living this full, this amazing life that God had intended for him. He understood what was holding him back. He understood what was tripping him up. But the man refused to see it. He refused to see it, and instead he chose the riches that he desired. And he missed out on the kingdom of God. So I'll go back to a question that I asked you all a little bit earlier. What's holding you back from accepting all that God has to offer us through his kingdom? What's holding you back from the kingdom life? What would you be willing to give up in order to follow Jesus? Would you be willing to give up everything, all of your earthly pursuits to follow Jesus? Would you be willing to give up your bank account? Would you be willing to give up a particular relationship or relationships? Would you be willing to give up your home? Would you be willing to give up your own personal desires, whatever those may be? If God wanted you to go in another direction, are you willing to sacrifice for that type of treasure in the here and now? Or or do we care more about temporal things? Temporary, temporal, things that are going to waste away, as opposed to these things that are eternal, which is the kingdom of God. thing that I want to implore you guys I don't, I don't, you know, I know that I preach pretty pretty thick stuff sometimes and people have told me that I, that I have a tendency to challenge people, I, I, I challenge myself just as much, if not more than I challenge the congregation but it's because I believe every word that I say, I may not be able to live every word that I say but I believe it and I believe when God off, when Jesus offers us the kingdom of life on earth as it is in heaven that it is the greatest gift that we can embrace during our short, short time on here, yet we waste away our lives on so much. We waste away our lives on so much. We care about so much, so much more than we do about Christ, than we do about His church, than we do about embracing the kingdom, than we do about embracing Jesus, than we do about embracing the gospels, than we do about embracing the teachings of Jesus. These things drive us, they motivate us so much more for some reason. And we love them so much more for some reason that we won't even accept the beautiful life that Christ offers us through this kingdom. And we waste away our lives. Church, this is my message to you this morning. Don't waste your life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're two years old like Paisley. I don't care if you're Corey. I don't care if you're the oldest person in here. It doesn't matter. It's never too early or never too late to begin this if you're stuck in a rut. Don't waste your life away on this stuff. If you're gonna embrace something in your life, embrace something that's gonna last. Embrace something that's gonna matter. Embrace something that's gonna be eternal. Because here's what we're told in our culture, particularly in the United States. Here's what drives us, particularly our middle class and our upper middle class. Here's what we're going to do. What's your goal in life? I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get me a job. If I'm a woman, I'm going to get me a husband. If I'm a man, I'm going to get me a wife. We're going to build an awesome house together. We're going to get the most expensive car. And hopefully we can retire early, have a nice fat retirement, a nice comfortable life, and breeze on out of here when we die. And that's what we put all of our efforts into. That's what we put all of our stock into. I'm not saying anything's wrong with those things whatsoever. There's not in and of themselves. But when it's what we care about the most, and it's what we invest most of our time in, our most concerned, if it's what, the, what we love the most, I can assure you we're not experiencing the fullness of the kingdom of God. In the end, that stuff doesn't matter. Embrace something that matters, church. What matters is God. What matters is Jesus. What matters is living the kingdom of God. Telling people about the kingdom of God. Embrace that. Love that. Make that your life. Because that's what we're called to. If you want to experience joy, we've talked about joy the last several weeks. There it is. That car that you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars on is going to rust. It's going to break down. Christ is eternal. The kingdom of God is eternal. Those of us who put all of our faith and all of our trust in governments and politics and politicians. Those politicians are going to die. Governments are going to pass away. The rule and the reign of Jesus is eternal. The kingdom of somebody, amen me for goodness sakes. Somebody, please. Thank you. Eternal, this stuff passes away. Do something that matters, folks. Most of us are going to spend our lives trying to live this crazy dream. That's not a dream at all. Let me tell you a story. Uh, and I heard, I, I heard this man preach this before, or during one of his sermons, and I also read it in one of his books. But this, this, this—what this, I'm about to tell you is a story and a quote from a guy named John Piper. Y'all may have heard of him before. He's a very popular author, very popular pastor, uh, particularly in in, uh, Baptist circles. But he told this story in a sermon that I saw one time and, and also in a book that he wrote. And this story is about two elderly missionaries that he knew personally. Two women. One of them was a nurse and one of them was a doctor. And they were both retirees. They were both pushing 80 years old. And instead of living the easy life in their retirement, they decided to live their lives as missionaries. And they were doing missionary work in Cameroon. If you guys know where, don't know where Cameroon is, Cameroon is a little country in Central Africa. So these two women, these two elderly women, who very much, while, they're, while, they're, while the rest of their friends were living it up in retirement, they decided to do something for the kingdom of God. And they served as missionaries to this poor country dealing with the sick, helping the sick, loving the sick, and the poorest of the poor, going to some of the most awful places in the world that you can possibly imagine. They used their twilight years to love people through God, through the practice of medicine and healing and telling people about Jesus. As they were traveling from village to village one day in the same car, their brakes went out. Over a cliff, these two women died instantly. Somebody within his church told John Piper this story about these women that they knew after it happened, and they said, "What a tragedy that was." And Piper said, "This was this a tragedy? Was this a tragedy?" He said, I'll tell you what a tragedy is. I'll tell you what a tragedy is. Consider this story from a 1998 February version of Reader's Digest. The story that tells about a couple who took an early retirement from their job in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51 Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida. Where they cruise on their 30 foot trawler. They play softball and they collect seashells. Now that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. That's not a wife well well lived. Amen. Amen. Those two women that flew over that cliff, I'd say they lived a life well. They did something that mattered in the kingdom of God. Piper said when he first read this, or he wrote this, he said, When I first read it, I thought this was a joke. Maybe this was a spoof on the American dream, but it wasn't. Tragically, this this was the dream. Come to the end of your life. Your one and only precious, God-given life. And let the last great work of your life before you give an account to your Creator be this playing softball and collecting seashells. Picture them before Christ at the great day of judgment. Look, Lord, see my shells? That's a tragedy, church. And today people are spending billions of dollars to persuade you to embrace it. To persuade you to embrace that tragic dream over and against that. I put my protest. Don't buy it. Don't waste your life. Let go of the things that are getting in the way of fully embracing the kingdom of God. Kevin, y'all can come on up and play if you don't mind. I'm going to open up the altar. If you'd like to come for any reason whatsoever, maybe you just want to talk to God privately. Maybe you need prayer. I would love to pray with you, if so. Church, we don't become Christians so we can sit on our laurels. We became Christians because, first and foremost, God saves us and He gives us that reconciliation, but also so we can live a life that is not wasted here on earth. That we can live the kingdom of God, that we can embrace the kingdom of God on earth, but it takes something from us. Most of us are not willing to give that. I'm telling you, it's worth it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, whatever sacrifice we have to make to embrace, to live that kingdom that God offers us, every single bit of it is worth it. You know who some of the most, this and this is a fact. You know who some of the happiest people on earth are? Some of the poorest. And that's just a simple fact. You know who some of the most giving people on earth are? The poorest. Okay? And that's just a fact. You can, that's, that's just, that's, research shows that. Don't buy into this nonsense dream. Accept all that Christ has to offer us.